Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before, with hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Greatest geopolitical threat to the United States right now, Congressman Delaney. Well, the biggest uh, geopolitical challenge is China, but the okay. biggest geopolitical threat yes. remains nuclear weapons. Okay. Right? So those are, di- you know, those are different you. questions. Totally get it. Go ahead, Governor Inslee. The biggest threat to the security of the United States is Donald Trump. And there's no okay. Congresswoman Gabbard. Greatest geopolitical threat. The greatest threat that we face is the fact that we are at a greater risk of nuclear war today than ever before in history. Congre- Congre- uh, Senator Two threats, economic threat, China, but our, our major threat right now is what's going on in the Mideast with Iran if we don't get okay. our Try to keep it at one, our, slimmer, slimmer than what we've been going here. One or two our, words. Our please. existential threat is climate change. We have to confront it before it's too late. Senator Warren. Yeah. Climate change. Yeah. Senator Booker. Nuclear proliferation and climate change. Secretary uh, Castro. Say uh, China and climate change. Yeah, Congressman Ryan. China, without a question, they're wiping us around the world economically. Yeah. Uh, and Mr. Mayor. 
Russia because they're trying to undermine our democracy and they've been doing a pretty damn good job of it. We need to stop them. Boy, the, the Trump blast got the biggest cheer of the night. People were just hankering for that. I'm surprised yeah. more candidates didn't take the easy, because we've been in front of crowds like that, where we can say something mean about Nancy Pelosi, and people are going to howl with applause right, or right, laughter yeah, or something. I mean, yeah. it's just the lowest of low-hanging fruit, and very few people went for it. Sometimes the cheapest pleasures are the finest pleasures. <laughs> I'd like to congratulate Cory Booker for almost getting through nuclear proliferation. <laughs> Too many nukes. Tom Rogan is a commentary writer for the Washington Examiner. He writes uh, on foreign policy, but is certainly up on the issues of the day. And Tom joins us now. Tom, how are you, sir? Good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Uh, We're both great fans of your contributions to Special Report with uh, Brett Baer. Terrific job. Oh, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. So, uh, listen, I know your your most recent piece uh, in the Washington Examiner is about Elizabeth Warren appearing to be uh, everything she is, which is intelligent, well-informed, forceful. I can't stand her policies, but she's an impressive I have a plan. Um, But you think that's actually good news for the president? Well, I do. I I think when we think about what will actually decide this election, which is the obviously the general election race between two candidates and their running mates, I think in terms of uh, Elizabeth Warren's policy positions and President Trump's economy, uh, his position on a lot of foreign policy issues, China is the most dominant one. He is in a better place to be able to uh, persuade people who have not yet made their minds up uh, that block of the center. Uh, that he would, uh, his presidency for another four years would be preferable to hers for a new four years. I don't think it would be terribly difficult for him to make the argument that her policies would be an enormous gamble economically. Choke choke off the economy, increase unemployment, that sort of thing. Uh, Speaking of low-hanging fruit, I think that is. Yeah, and, and I think the policy detail here of what she's proposing, which is, uh, you, you know, really far further to the left than, in, in a clearly objective sense than they, her campaign would like to admit. And we take, for example, uh, supporting uh, Senator Sanders, Bernie Sanders' health care plan, uh, which would deny the right of individual choice, which Democrats tend to talk a lot about. That would be something that President Trump, we could expect to go on. Her plan to quite dramatically increase taxes and regulation in the economy, uh, which in an environment of hyper-competitiveness around the world, uh, would seem to be a, a poor choice. And and it's not simply that these are poor policy decisions. Uh-oh. The point of the strong economy uh, allows President Trump to say, why take a gamble on these divergent approaches to governing the economy when my economy is doing uh, so, so well? And the incumbent factor, of course, is that the economy needs to uh, remain healthy uh, into uh, into late next year. Con- Congressman Ryan talking about, look, we've got a perception problem where people think we're, we're, you know, a coastal party of Ivy Leaguers. We need to get back to, you know, Midwestern working class roots. That sort of attitude's got to scare Trump. It, it, it does. But, you know, the advantage for President Trump is that the Democratic primary process and the best, I think, evidence for this was um, Inslee's comment that Trump is the greatest threat to, to world security, to American security. The, the primary base is so far to the left and so driven by uh, the belief that Trump is an aberration who can be defeated by a, a pretty far left candidate that I, I just don't think, you know, Ryan Delaney, I don't think they get near uh, the, the nomination. And so, yes, on paper, it would be a serious concern for the president 
Uh, I think it's a concern with Joe Biden. Um, but, but again, the, the pressures from the left and the Democratic Party in some way are an equalizing force, uh, you know, for President Trump. Tom Rogan, commentary writer for The Washington Examiner. I was just looking at your bio, Tom, that you're a U.S. US citizen with a British accent. He likes William Shakespeare, Larry David, and Carl Pilkington. You have no idea how my heart <laughs> soared <laughs> when I saw Carl Pilkington. That's fabulous, man. Yeah. You make me want to run back and listen to the old Ricky Gervais podcasts. I know. They're all on YouTube, so that's what I do oh, uh, brilliant. when I'm having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, such a good idea. What do you think of all the Spanish speaking last night? That was a landmark event, really, the amount of Spanish in a national debate. How many people like that? How many people does that turn off in a general election strategy? Well, I think I think the concern here, and we, we saw, you know, with President Trump, does actually better with Hispanic American voters than and I think people expect it's around 35%, as I understand it. Uh, certainly, there's an opportunity for conservatives to boost that in the future. I think the concern for uh, Democrats is that if, if you do this uh, in a way that seems disingenuous, seems that you are just offering platitudes to people rather than policy prescriptions. And again, we think about the uh, growth of employment at uh, the, the minority level of the minority Americans, which is you know, unprecedented, quite frankly, under the current economy. But that is something President Trump can point to. It, what makes your life better, words or action? And secondly, I think there is a danger that the general election voters will regard this as the same kind of thing that turned, that allowed people to vote for President Trump, even if they didn't like him, because they thought, well, at least he doesn't care about political correctness. I think political correctness is so anathema to a lot of Americans outside you know, the, the major uh, metropolitan areas that, that frankly, it, it's a big danger. It seems it seemed too contrived. It seemed too disingenuous. And in that, I think it was it's a political opportunity for, for President Trump. Well, and that attitude toward political correctness uh, describes a lot of people on the left as well. I think there's just a growing awareness that it's obnoxious and, and it's suffocating and the rest of it. Uh, Tom, listen, it's an obvious question, but what the heck? It's fun to bandy about. Who do you think really gained some steam last night in particular? I think I think Elizabeth Warren, uh, for the reason that she, you know, held her own and uh, maintained momentum, and I think, you know, frankly, it, it's it's looking, I think, like uh, her, Joe Biden, and, and Bernie Sanders running into the, um, you know, as the three front runners. Interesting, Tom Rogan, commentary writer for the Washington Examiner. Tom, we're about out of time. Enjoy the chat very much. I hope we can do it again. Yes, it was great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Well done. Thanks. I think Mayor Pete would like to argue with that and maybe put forth tonight an opportunity to be in a, in a group of four that stand out from everybody else. But we'll see. Um, we got this text. Please give Rachel Maddow some credit for being the best moderator. I think she was the best of the bunch last night. I think a Rachel Maddow-Brett Bear oh. together would be pretty good oh, to cover wow. both sides of it. That would be good. I don't. I, I would. She would be much more aggressively progressive than he would be aggressively uh, uh, conservative, but they could probably work that out. Yeah, I think they could. She's a very bright and reasonable person. She just, you know, She's everything also, she believes is wrong. She was, which also, is unfortunate. she was also the most forceful person there in, in being willing to shut people up. No, no, you stop, you right. go. Yeah. I mean, she's the only one willing to do that. Yep. 
Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the Supreme Court closing out this session with decisions on two major cases. One of the Democratic candidates... Did they made... rule on the death penalty for people who clog up the left lane yet? Not yet. Because I petitioned the court <laughs> every yet. year for the last 27 years. We want cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> right, exactly. One of the Democratic candidates made a lot of noise at last night's debate, and we've got more proof Amazon is taking over the world. So Mayor Pete, and and granted, a lot of the talking head stuff that gets thrown around with great enthusiasm, you know, days later it's forgotten. But the consensus that Mayor Pete really looked weak in dealing with his uh, cop crisis there in his hometown, it's pretty widespread. I'm not sure if the bloom isn't off his rose, but we'll find out. Yeah, the I remember all the, the pundits saying, Elizabeth Warren's going to get it from all sides last night. She didn't get one arrow her way, if you'll pardon the expression. I will not. Armstrong and Getty. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade clean. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.